There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Scoopy Radio in your airwaves on the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast, which is available on all platforms. iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting ScoopBeatRadio.com. And on the line right now is a guy who's kind of, Making waves right now, none other than the digital marketing man himself, the content creator himself, Brandon Killer B H Hall. What's going on, sir? I'm well, man. Yo, that is that is great. You're you're so polished, Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an answer machine, man. You practice it enough, you do it. Yeah, but I still stutter on the answering machine. <laughs> I can't get it right sometimes. Sometimes I'm spot on, and sometimes I just I just fuck it up. So whatever. Fabulous setting on not give a f. Kids in the hood stutter. It's it's a fact. Those are good times. <laughs> yes, sir. For those listening, Brandon Killer Hall is the host of the Gratz Roots. Podcast, which you can find on all social, or excuse me, on all streaming platforms. You guys have had anybody from Joe Budden to you and myself recently. You had yes, you had. I think you had somebody from the Neptunes recently. From the uh, the Neptunes, I wish. No, were you we discussing the Neptunes? <laughs> we we were discussing the Neptunes. Yeah, we had a conversation on with, uh, Pharrell and them coming back out, saying that they're going to do another album. So yeah, I mean, shit. If I can get. Pharrell or Chad or whomever, I'll take it. Brandon hosts the Grassroots Podcast with Rising Star Aaron Simon. Yes. And uh, I'm curious, how did the show get started? Oh, man. Um, this is a long, long story short scenario here. But me and Aaron met in school um, at Rutgers. We were finishing up doing an executive MBA. And I, I kind of had this idea of what I wanted to do. And me and her kind of connected. So, I went with her to the idea and I was like, yeah, I wanted to partner. And she was like, yeah, I want to partner too. So we just literally just got to work. And uh, maybe like two weeks later, we recorded something in like a Starbucks, I remember. 
And wow. after that, we just listened to it. I was like, yo, I think this could work. She thought the same thing. So we just kind of put our resources together and the rest is history. <laughs> so now we're here. Brandon Hall talking, all things grassroots podcast. Just in doing some of my homework on you, um, I first remember seeing you uh, on Joe Button TV. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it depends on which episode you saw. <laughs> it really just depends. Um, I just remember, you know, for me, Joe Bun TV was like a. I was in college, or I was in grad school more specifically when it was out, and um, I remember seeing the episode where you had the the the, the white guy. I think he was in Canada, and he like charged that Joe in a Burger King. I'm yeah. not sure if you were on that episode. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh man. So many. <laughs> oh my god. I haven't talked about all this stuff in like years. That's so crazy. Look at him. No, <laughs> I mean the concept of Joe Button TV in my mind uh, was ahead of its time. Yeah, um, it, it was ahead of love and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Definitely was. Definitely was. I, I um, feel like Joe retroactively was getting paid for all the free work he did on Joe on YouTube. Yeah, I mean like. <laughs> It, when he was when he was doing it, it was one of those things where he we, he just wanted to do it. Like there was really no intent behind it. And then, you know, the fans got in back of him and supported it and just wanted to just see more. So it turned into him just filming himself, to him filming all of us, like you know me, uh, Tahiri at the time, Bill, a whole, a whole bunch of people. He would just film us, <laughs> and we'd have arguments about it. But he just thought it was funny, and the fans thought it was funny, so we just did it. Joe Button, uh, you worked with extensively while you were finding time to balance uh, going to school. You got your master's degree at Rutgers University. How the hell did you find time to hang with him, work with him, get lost in the sauce and having fun while still focusing on the academics? Oh, man. Um, honestly, it was really credit to my school. Like in undergrad, um, they, they found out what I was doing. Uh, be it working with Joe, and they were really, really supportive. Like my dean, shout out to Dean. Um, he he was he was one of those people that was like, look, if if you can manage it, you know, I'll give you permission to go on tour. And and so I went on tour. I was gone for X amount of months, and I was literally just busting down papers on in 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 a tour bus, and then just in a cubby. Everybody else is doing whatever, and I'm just busting them out. And then just I was getting my work done on time. So I think it just made it easier. Um, but the dope thing was that like the people that were around, like Joe, Royce, all these people, they, they were cool. Like, you know, how you certain artists, or at least they're, they're depicted to be a certain way, like they're assholes. These guys weren't, you know what I mean? They respected that. I, I still wanted to pursue music actively while still getting an education. They supported it. So a lot, a lot of that went towards them too. They never, now thinking about it, as you just said it, they never not once cracked on me. <laughs> I think the only I think the only joke I ever got, which in retrospect I, I look at now as being uh, a compliment, is it was from Royce and Kino. Kino was Royce's manager, and I had on his jacket. It's a long jacket, and they said, um, "Yo, man, look at you with your little book bag on and shit. You gonna be somebody's manager one day." <laughs> As they said to me, yeah, I, that's so funny that you just said that. It just it just came back to me. It's pretty light. The, yeah, yeah, and at the time I was like, "Damn." That's, Fucked up. Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing hardcore hip hop. We in, we in Montreal about to go <laughs> curse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To just do all types of shit. At the time, I thought it was a knock, but now in hindsight, yeah, I'll take it. 
Joe Button has found the ability to disrupt um, and find his way. I, I swear he has nine lives because he's everybody characterizes him as the as the pump it up rapper. Obviously, there's more to it than that if you pay attention to his body of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he transitioned into YouTube with with uh, Tahiri and Joe Button TV, and then you know loving hip hop, and then uh, being with Complex briefly, and then taking that on the road and doing his own thing. And, uh, you know, now doing stuff with Revolt and a myriad of other things to do. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at somebody with his body of work and, and seemingly his ability to see the trends before they become trends, is there anybody else like him? Uh, in this space right now? I mean, I could say no. I could say no, but then I know how that sounds. It just sounds biased. But if if you look at what he's done, even from, from Def Jam days, right? Like we started, we we talked about that on our show, right? Like we talked about connecting with fans and building that, that, that uh, relationship with them mm-hmm. to where it, it gets past fans. Like, like even for us, for grassroots, we don't even look at them as fans no more. Like they're like family. Like we check in, like we say, what's up. We, we play games with them. And so he did that early on with Def Jam and, and the, uh, for, those, for, for those fans. They'll know what I mean by, by the board. For the board, like, we were actively on there. Like, that was my first time really actually engaging with, with people was, was through that experience. And at the time, the label hated it. They were like, you know, you, you're too accessible. You, you, why are you talking to these people? You're, you're taking away and removing the mystique. Where for us, it was working. It was a way for us to get real life feedback from, from the fans and, and still build a bond with them till still to this day. I, some of these, some of these people I still speak to till the, till this day. So, uh, you know, you, you look at things like that and then you even look at like the podcast, you look at everyday struggle, you look at currently state of the culture and, and just everything else to put like, there's a number of things that he keeps doing that, um, you know, you, you got to kind of, tip your hat to i know it's cool to hate him and 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 crack on him you know and and talk about his clothing which should i crack i I crack on his clothing right like it's funny but when you remove the that piece of it like you can't help but kind of respect what's happening you know what i mean there's there's clearly something happening and so yeah i mean i i just think that for right now i don't i don't really see nobody moving and making a lot of the transitions that he's making so swiftly I can't think of the last time I've seen it. You yourself rap. Mm-hmm. You were on Angel of My Life on Joe Button's padded room. Mm-hmm. Do you think, had you stuck with it, you would have still been with it? Or is that something that you just said you tried and that was it? Um, I mean, I did it really out of a joke. Like, we were making Moon Music 2 at the time. Mm-hmm. and uh, I was bored in, in the studio. Like, I was super beat, and I'll, I'll never forget it. Uh, the reason why the night was so crazy because um, we were doing a joint session. So Stack came there, uh, Jay Mills, and I want, I want to – yeah, yeah, I think that was it was them too. Oh, no, Fab came later on. But long story short, um, I was just bored, and I just started freestyling in, the, in a booth. Like, just literally just joking and, and created the character, you know, Killer VH, even though Joe's the one was kind of like, yo, we're going we're gonna to call you that. But it was <laughs> it was one of those things where I was just joking, but I was good at writing comedic skits. Like, I was good at being the corny 
rapper that you know thought he was so nice that really wasn't nice but you couldn't tell him shit like he was the he epitomized the cliche rapper at that time at that Mm -hmm. time there's a lot of artists out where it was just like you're not really that hot but all right we get it we we fuck with you just because you're confident so that's really what it birthed to but then i just got good at it right like i started writing i started helping other artists and 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 working on hooks then joe would put me on hooks to, to sing on or to even help write like it was it was cool. So it, I, I think it just naturally developed. Um, I don't know that it would have ever been for me. Like, if you know me, I'm very, very much a business person. Like, I, I, I've, even with Joe, like, it was, it, he had to force me to do it. To, I didn't want to do it. Like, after the first skit, I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm cool. And he was like, oh, you can't, like, do that. And then the fans be mad. They're asking for you to do it. Just do it again. And so for me, it, it, it's never been a, a thing of, hey, I want to be that guy. I, I just never had a passion for it. I, I always loved the, the back end of it, of like developing artists and, and helping to create a sound or create an energy or even, you know, provide the right energy just to be a part of making a record. That was always the special part for me. It still is. Back in 2017, <clears throat> uh, you had your button on uh, the Grassroots Podcast. And you guys talked about mental health, and mm-hmm. more specifically within the show, he told you and Aaron Turner. And in hip hop, we conceal everything. In hip hop, it was never cool to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he said, "In quote, niggas are killing themselves to stay alive with all of these pills and Molly, Lean, and whatever shit they're mixing. You don't mm-hmm. see enough death that you might, that you think something would click. We mm-hmm. need people like me, Charles Hamilton, and Logic to advocate for awareness." Mm-hmm. I bring that up for this reason. Anyone who's talking to the party, Delonte West, he was mm-hmm. a video that surfaced from yeah. a player. I played with LeBron James during his first time with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you know, basically went on a rant, was arrested, got beat up on the road. Do you see a parallel? My question is, do you see a parallel between hip-hop and sports as it relates to guys hiding their feelings and then people are surprised when they see things on the news such as that, such as Joe's situation or with, mm-hmm. with the Latte West situation. Do you see a parallel? A- absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, but I, I don't know if it's, I think it's bigger than just sports, right? Like I think it goes beyond. That. I think you can create those same parallels in, in, in fortune 500 companies. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think it's one of those things where, it's a cultural thing or a mindset that's been kind of built into us. You know, like there's a lot of things like even at Delonte West shit, I was bothered by it. Right. But I was bothered by it, not for the reasons that everyone else is. Everyone is bothered uh, by it right now, just simply because you see Delonte West and knowing where he comes from and getting beat up on the street and, and all these other horrible things and being on drugs. What I see is, yo, that's not the first video that's come, that, that came out. Why, mm-hmm. why are you guys outraged now? Mm-hmm. that's my thing that's my beef with this whole situation there's been a number of videos if you just check the, my twitter timeline and everything else you'll see i've been saying like yo that's crazy regardless of what y'all saying where he shouldn't have uh did whatever what happened and all these rumors with, with lebron and everything like that man has a, a family like and i'm always going to be for minorities like regardless like that's just how i give it up so it's like, why, why am I going to be happy about this man being in the position that he's in? And now you guys are, you know, jumping to, to, to his uh, rescue, which I, I, I'm happy for. But it's just like, we could have nipped this in the bud almost a year ago. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we don't take these things seriously as a society, is my point. Like, he's been in that bad spot, and mental health, I'm sure, plays a big part of that. Then you add the layer of addiction. A lot of people don't know what that's like if you haven't really dealt with it, you know, or, or, or been there for somebody that's dealt with it. If that's a serious thing. Being damaged like that can affect somebody. So for me, like, I, uh, absolutely. It's, it's the same reason why you have ball players want to be rappers and rappers want to be ball players. There's mm-hmm. always been that commonality because that was the way to transcend, to, to make it out. So there's always going to be that sort of parallel with them. But I, I, like I said, you can make the case in any any situation, any situation you can make that that same correlation, and it's sad. <laughs> it's really just sad to me. Scoopy Radio, I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson on the line with Brandon B H Hall, host of the Grassroots Podcast, which is on all platforms. Make sure you guys check it out. We're discussing everything from Delonte West to Joe Button to being educated to. His time was on tour where people thought yeah. he was going to one day be somebody's manager. And here you are yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, man. Hosting. What's next for you? Uh, for me, I'm I'm working on my, – my main focus is grassroots, honestly. Like, it, like me and Aaron was talking about it the other day, maybe, maybe, maybe about a month ago. Now thinking about it, like, we never really thought – like, we knew what it could be, right? But we just didn't think it would be here this fast. So now it's just about like just strategy. Like how do we, you know, build the brand? How do we, how do we get people to see it? How to, how do we also still, you know, positively impact the culture without, without uh, coming off gossipy, you know what I mean? Cause even though we're in media, we, if you, you our, our viewership doesn't come to us for, you know, gossip, like who's, who's fucking with who it's, it's more of like real things. We talk about things that are really happening and, and we give our, our, our transparent selves to, to the viewership. And I think that's the key for us that, that works out for us. And so, yeah, that's just, that's just my main thing is, is making sure that this, this, this baby of ours goes to where it needs to go. Growing up, who were your top three lyricists? Oh my God. A uh, whole um, let me think. Uh, Three thousand for me has always been one of my favorite lyricists. I know, I know that that's a, a hard debate, just because you know he doesn't put out enough music, and and when he does, it's always a super, super duper dope verse. But the, everyone says he's, you know, he had enough time to write it. Um, but I'm still throwing him in there. Um, at one point, it, it, and. I, I don't put him as a rapper. It was X, but I put him at more so from a, a artist perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I put him up there just because I, he, X for me was like my childhood. Like I used to have those debates. So for me, he was always that person that was, he could rap, but he, he gave me that, that missing Pac feel. You know what I mean? That, that, that feel of damn, he may not be the best rapper, but he, he'll get you with some emotion and, and being able to lay a good verse. So for me, those those are always my my people at the time growing up. What crew <clears throat> in hip hop currently reminds you of what you Joe and you guys' crew did a decade and a half or to two decades ago? Oh, uh, it's easy, Griselda. Griselda. Okay. They they they're amazing just because they're still just them. <laughs> 
like even with them knowing that their success is going to an, another level, and even with them garnering that success, they still managed to be them. Like it, that parallel for us was really because we we left a major label and went independent and just started making music. Like we started making mood music. We started putting out projects, and we still stayed us. We didn't change, and I, that's what I like about Griselda. They they don't they don't change. They make the music that they want to make. And I think that's what plays into their success is because it's believable. Like mm. even if even if you don't know nothing about you know hip hop or even street life, you, you you can see it in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you get you you it's believable. And if and if it and let's say if it's fake, that's a, that's a good sell. I'll give them an Oscar. I'll give them an Oscar. I will. But I believe it. So yeah, I, I like the way that they move. I, I like I like that. You know, I I'm, I I call myself like an underground kid, right? Like, um, you know, success for me came later on in life, like for you know doing like summer jam. But success for me was like doing SOBs, like being in those historic places, like you know, BB Kings, like all of those places where I'd seen people like Hove or seen people like I don't know, like just different artists. With that you know you look up to when you're growing up, and it's like, damn, mm-hmm. I got I got to touch that stage with them, or or I got to touch the stage, same stage that they touched, like it was dope. But I was doing it with my you know my crew, my friends. So I see that same thing in them a lot. Like every time they're out, they just they move a certain way, and I like it. Here's a here's a curveball question. Mm-hmm. Kenya Martin told me that when he would go shopping in downtown New York, people thought that he was Joe Button. Have you ever heard people think Joe Button was Kenyon Martin? While he was down the street? <laughs> uh, no, but the, you want to hear a funny story? So we were in All-Star together, uh, and Kenyon Martin walks up, and uh, so we're all talking, and Shaq makes a joke about it and, and points and says, yo, uh, Kenyon, and then they start laughing, but then they walk off. Um, <laughs> it was It was just so random and mad funny, but... Um, I've read it. You know what I'm saying? Like I get called Joe. I get called like four people: Ghost Joe, uh, <laughs> Der- Derek Fisher. Um, there's somebody else, like him <laughs> with a beard <laughs> that I get called. Um, Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer. There it is. Yeah, Carlos Boozer. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been called everybody. I'm, I'm immune. I want somebody to call me like I don't know, like some some different. Yeah, you kind of do look like Ghost. Uh, th- thanks, thanks, Scoop. <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> I went I went to McDonald's the other day uh, um and a lady uh freaking thought I was ghost. She said, Yeah, you know what? Anybody ever told you you look like ghosts? And I was just like, uh yep, I might have heard it once or twice or like five times on the way over here. Like I, I get it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, that's like that's like one of my friends, he's short. And we went mm-hmm. to college together and we were roomies. And we drove up to the McDonald's uh drive through after hours. And we order our food. We pull up to the window. The woman's giving us our food. And as we get ready to pull off, she says, did anybody ever tell you you look like a little boy? He said, yeah, after you and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts, man. People are funny, man. I'm just glad he didn't say that before she gave him the bag of food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that that, that would have been pretty bad. That would have been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You have been able to take 
digital things and curate them. And in my mind, just observing you, you take things that you enjoy, you talk about them, you facilitate them in that digital space. You know, when I was on your show recently, uh, or even before we started, you, you started playing Dipset. You looked at me like, you don't know nothing about that. And yeah. then when I was on your show, you made a, a pump of that remix where you said, you know, you're a Harry Minor. Mm-hmm. And I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess my question is, who told you or who taught you or who gave you, the, who, who planted that seed to do what you like and, 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 put, and bring it into, into real life form? Uh, wow. Um, that it's like a combination of, of, of things. It really is like, like I grew up in, in music, um, between my brother being in music, he, he literally almost had a, a deal with, with Def Jam, but then he, you know, did some other shit. And then my, uh, my older cousin, Aaron, he used to be a part of boot camp click with a uh, buckshot. I, I was around them at an early, early age. And then it went from that to uh, hanging with, like, uh, Wu-Tang at the time. I used to sing way back in the day, way, way back in the day. And um, a group that I was with, uh, were, were they, we were supposed to get signed to Wu-Tang at the time. So uh, I was with, like, ODB at one video shoot, I remember. And it was certain things that he was talking about in hip-hop that just made me, like, love hip-hop. But just not because of the fame but because again this is somebody that was unapologetically himself like mm-hmm. he didn't care about anything and I, for me that was like damn that's is, is this the place where you could just be you uh, uh right you know what i mean like it it, it that's how i got kind of drawn in um and then I, I felt like as i got older and understood the business more it was really like the experiences with, with, with you know with my crew and them you know, be, seeing them being so vulnerable, right? Like, you know, Joe with his addiction, Royce with his addiction, and everybody else that, that I was around around that time, they they were making music that they, no matter what, wanted to be about them being transparently them. And for me, I was like, wow, that's, that's like freeing. Like, how, how, could I, how could I do that in, in that capacity? So just, all of those experiences just motivated me. Like... Mm. I, I, it 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 was like, I, it was one of the times where you could you could kind of see moments of like someone being completely happy, even if they were at like rock bottom, like they could they could have been broke or they could have just got dropped from a label or they could have just got jerked or whatever, but they were still like, all right, well, fuck it, we're here, like we, we'll troop it together, like that that for me was was admirable, um, and I felt like there was honor in that, and so that that drove me too, I think. What was it like, I guess, being in the studio in the early days of Desert Storm with Fabulous, with with with, with um, DJ Clue, with Joe? You I mean you had you had everybody was wearing long white tees and wearing academic sweatpants? It was back then. I mean, what was that yeah. everyone like before everybody got money? And I don't want to say comfortable, but just evolved. Um, for me, it was inspiring. Like I said, like J- Joe was very much one of those people that was like, "Hey, let let me kind of take you under the wing. Let me, I, I see something in you. Let me kind of help you. Let me let me guide you a little bit." And so he would put me in these situations where I would be around these people, and you know, I would just have conversations with them. Like I never uh, treated them differently. I never was I nervous at at first. Of course, I think everyone is. You know, when you're a kid and you you 
listen to Angie Martinez every day and then you end up at her house playing <laughs> Monopoly with her and her kid wow. and Joe. And you, you know what I mean? Like, so naturally you'll have that. Um, but for me, I, he was always just like, just be you. Like, so I was just me. I just had conversations. I would talk about video games. I would talk about hip hop. Um, even how I became to be like uh, A&R, I, I would just give my opinion. I'd be like, yo, just send me your music. Like, uh, let me just listen to it. And people then, it, it went from that to then people saying, hey, you know, can you listen to this? Like, just give me your opinion. And then it went from that to, hey, can you work this project? Hey, can you be on this project? So it, it, it was the, it was all of that combined that made me kind of just like, this this shit is crazy. Like, I had those crazy moments of just being in in certain crazy like i have a million stories like i just remember the first time i went to like baseline and like just Blaze mm. was there and guru was there and it, it may even still be on um i think we we did a dv a documentary on it too but um me and just blaze had this bet where i was supposed to uh he had this limited edition uh voltron or was it a yeah i think it was voltron it was a limited edition voltron and he said you know if you could take this apart and put it back together in a minute um, I'll give you a limited edition something. Um, but long story short, I did the shit, but he couldn't find the limited edition something. So shout out to Just Blaze. I never got that shit. But <laughs> um, but it, it was just moments like that though, because in my brain I was like, wow, like this is same. This is the same studio that you know we're making music in. Like Hove touched this this building. The same the same setup from from uh, what was the, what was the album? Played the black. Played the bat black. You know what I mean? Like. And then having these real conversations with Guru, because I just think he's such an intellectual person. Like, it was just a dope experience to, you know, to be a part of it. And it's things like that that really, really made me just fall more and more in love with hip hop. And, and, and then made me want to just kind of be good with being me. You know what I mean? Like, I can, I can just be me around people. And that's rare at times. So, yeah, I, that's that, those. It's, it's so many. I can go on for hours about just crazy stories, but I'm sure you could too. Like you've been around for God knows how long. We met at a show. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure you you have there's plenty of moments that you've had where it's like you'll have almost like a flash of oh shit, this is happening. But you're so wrapped up into trying to execute that you 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 lose those moments. You know what I mean? I think I think about them when I go on vacation and I have time mm. to sit and reflect because you're always on. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know Neef Bucks from the Young Guns, and he mm -hmm. told me that he, you know, during the during the Rockefeller days, you know, he traveled everywhere, mm -hmm. and he said one of his reg his regrets is that he he would like to go back to those same places and as a vacationer or as a regular citizen to mm -hmm. actually enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah. I I wholeheartedly agree. I had this conversation with someone. They were like, yo, I bet you've been everywhere in the world. And I was like, I really have. But I was like, have I seen a lot of these places? No. Like, a, a lot of times, and you, you know, you see the jets and all these things on Instagram, but you don't really get to really factor in all of those other variables that happens, right? Like, you get off the plane, you have an itinerary, you go to go do sound check, maybe, or maybe you're running late, so you got to go straight to the venue, and then you don't get time to wash, you don't get time to eat, like... Or you eating like shit, you know what I mean? Like, if there's so many other variables that I don't think people factor in that factor into you not actually seeing the city that or state or country that you're visiting. So I wholeheartedly agree. Like, I would love one day to just be able to go back to all of these places I've been and just be a tourist. Like, 
when I went to LA uh, a few months ago, I'd been to LA so many times, done so many shows there. I had never been to Santa Monica Pier, and I and I went. You know what I mean? It was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it's like little things like that that I um, I find that as I get older, I start to appreciate. Yeah, I still haven't gone to the beach yet in LA. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it's. I, I encourage you to do it. I went to both Venice and I always wanted to work out on Venice Beach just because of uh, He Got Game. I mean, um, <clears throat> I said He Got Game. Um, <clears throat> uh, white Man Can't Jump. And right. then um, and then I also wanted to go to the other beach just because I heard that the view was just, you know, immaculate. So I was just like, damn, like, let, let's just go do it. I have one, literally one day to just not work. And so me and, and and Imani, shout out to him, he was he helped us get around. So we just went and just that's what we did. And then that was like our one day to just chill and then it was work after that. But for me that that kind of made the trip memorable. Not just so much the business, but having that one minute to just kinda of just be at peace and take in, you know, like the scenery and shit. That's real. Yeah. That's real. I learned a lot about you in the last week or so, man. you're an interesting dude. Oh, thank you. I don't know if that's interesting because you know, like, there's like two ways you can say interesting. Like, yo, that that motherfucker's interesting. Like, and then there's like, and then there's the other one where it's like, uh, he's a little interesting. You know what I'm like, there's there's like two ways you can it's say neither. It's not yeah, that okay. that you know. We talked about movies. We talked about um. We talked about Into Deep. Uh, yeah. With Omar Epps, and we talked about how that was a classic that many people don't acknowledge as a classic. Mm-hmm. Another one of the, the movies in that genre that I think is a classic that people don't recognize is the movie Shaft with Samuel L. Jackson, the first one. I agree. I agree. Uh, um, I only only reason I think it was that I think that's one of outside of uh, what's the what's the higher learning. I think that's one of Buster Rhymes' best acting uh, mm. performances in in on screen, just because of how charismatic he was. He was believable being the wild, crazy dude, but was kind of sensible and funny. Like, I think that's when he started to kind of, you know, turn it up a little bit. But yeah, I, I love those movies. I love all those cult classics, though. I'm a cult classic kind of guy. Jeffrey Wright, who played the role of People's Hernandez, mm-hmm. uh, there was a scene uh, where he talked to the, to the rich white guy. Uh, his last name was Wade. They were locked mm-hmm. up in the, in, they were in Central Booking, and there was a scene where he says, you know, you're a real interesting motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Between that scene and the scene where his brother gets killed and he's walking in the middle of the street and he stabs himself with the ice pick and he goes, you must kill me. You must yeah. kill me. Yeah. Yo, he, I, I want, I want to talk to him so bad. I, I, now that's, that's an interesting motherfucker, man. I think I have he's interviewed so talented. Yo, I think he's so talented, man. Oh my God. Like there's so many roles that he plays between like uh, um, it's it's just what he does with different characters and how he manipulates just their body language of of whomever he's trying to convey is just genius. He he's one of the rare people I think that get acting and get method acting because he's just that he's versatile. He he's yeah. the Kevin Garnett of acting. A- absolutely. absolutely, Minnesota Kevin Garnett. Yeah, yeah, you got to give that one. Yeah. At, at Kevin, too. <laughs> Bully. <laughs> I, I remember, I think Chelsea Billis was out one time, and, and Kevin Garnett was the starting point guard in the game. I think it was against the Knicks. <laughs> Yo. KG, but, um, have you seen, uh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, uh, with Adam Sandler, the Adam Sandler movie? The Gems movie? Hidden Gems? Yeah, Hidden Gems. Have you seen it? Not yet. You need to check it out. Um, 
Kevin Garnett, his acting in that movie is extremely good. Like it, it was good. You can you could tell again that it's acting because you know he's clearly not an actor. Maybe he is. I don't know. But if that was his first on screen performance, I was impressed. Like he held he held the character well. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Go check it out. And if it's trash, then y'all will kill me for it. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Now I'm gonna check that out, brother. I gotta run. But before we go, in addition to uh, your podcast, where can everyone find everything that you're doing? Um, so uh, my name is Killer BH, and that's K-I-L-L-A-B-H, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, uh, pretty much everywhere. You can find me everywhere. Um, Aaron's been yelling at me about making a website, so I guess I got to get on that and, and, and get that up and running. Um, but, yeah, that's, those are my main contacts. I'm, I'm always there. I'm, I'm accessible. Like, reach out. Um, and I, I, you know, I hit people back. I like to talk to people. You heard it first. Killer BH, brother, thank you so much for joining the Scoopy Radio Podcast, and I will definitely see you soon down the line. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me so much, Scoop. I appreciate you. Of course. I'll talk to you soon, my man. Scoopy Radio. Overtime. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.